What is going on? Welcome to episode five of the Nosebleeds podcast, as always presented by Old Row Sports. I'm your host, Alden. We have got a jam-packed show for you today. Uh, I'm joined by Gonzo, Kuzi, Nick Watts, and we also bring on Texas Tech rep Grant Caravelli to talk about the Big 12 in the latest installment of our college football conference previews. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot today. We're going to obviously be breaking down the Big 12. We'll, as always, be talking about the latest breaking news in sports. Uh, Gonzo has tried to recruit me into a fraudulent scheme, so we'll be discussing that uh, and much, much more. we got a mailbag segment today, so we've got a jam-packed episode. Sit back and enjoy this episode of The Nosebleeds. Taking that time right behind my back And I'm talking to myself All right, we are back on the Nosebleeds podcast. Uh, I'm joined right now with Nick Watts and Kuzi, uh, talking a little bit about what's kind of going on in the world of sports. You know, it looks like a lot of sports are getting ready to come back. Uh, baseball's finally reached an agreement. Uh, NBA and NHL are now less than a month away from the start of games. Uh, the MLB spring training starts in just a few days, so... Uh, you know, it's an exciting time to be a sports fan. Glad sports are coming back, but you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit concerned. You know, you talk about, um, you know, international players having to come over and they're having to, to, I guess, quarantine, um, cases are rising again. So, you know, I'm a little, uh, skeptical, I guess is the word about, you know, these starting on time, but it is exciting. It looks like we're going to at least hopefully get some sports back in America, Hopefully soon. So, I know, I know, like in the NBA, they have to do that because there are a lot of international players. So, yeah, I think any time you have to take a flight, uh, from international flight, you have to quarantine for at least two weeks. I I'm going to be interested for both MLB and for the NBA. I know exactly what's going to happen. Is there's definitely going to be like a rising cases on one team, but then some guy's going to spot you know, one of the players out at the strip club and they're just going to link it all back to that. Yeah. And they're just going to be like, what the fuck is, gonna go- is going on right now? Well, there's definitely going to be interesting some- because the NHL is kind of having that problem right now where like the they're getting ready to come back. But then I saw like 11 players on the Tampa Bay Lightning just popped a positive. So I don't know how that's going to work. Like if a whole team tests positive, like do they just like cancel their season or like not let them play for two weeks? Like I don't understand how that's going to work because it's inevitably going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the the problem that they're going to have to face is they're going to have to decide whether they care or they don't care about COVID because at the end of the day, you're seeing even at the college level, NBA teams, I'm sure it'll happen with MLB and, and it happened with NHL. All these people are going to test positive for coronavirus. So, you have, so these teams are going to have to decide, the leagues are going to have to decide, like, do we care about it? Or do we don't care about it? Because it's going to, people are going to get positive tests and there's just nothing you can do about that. So either you take it as like a legitimate threat and like, Oh, you know, we're not having a season anymore. Or you just say, fuck it. We're the show goes on and uh, we're going to risk our health to go play sports. I think that's go ahead. 
everyone cares about coronavirus again. I feel like we just took yeah. a month off of not caring about it. And now everyone's <laughs> like, what happens if a player dies? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, the odds just of that. It's likely to die are, of the flu. Like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, look, if we're going to let coronavirus fucking rule our lives for the next year and a half, then yeah, just cancel everything. But it's like, hey, it's it, from by all means, it looks like we're doing everything we can to make sure everyone's tested. If you're like test positive, you go into quarantine and we move on without you until you're good. That's like, my, that's my question though, is because like, I mean, we're, like I said, we saw it with the lightning. It's happened with a couple college teams. Like it's one yeah, thing. If it's, just, if it's one thing if it's just like one player, but if like the whole team tests positive, then that means that they're not playing. So how is that going to work when it comes to like figuring out playoffs at the end of the season? Like, you know, if a team has to take off three weeks of games because the, all their players are in quarantine. Well, I'm I'm just hoping that we get to the point by the time the season starts, like, all right, everyone's been tested for it or tested for antibodies. Like, you know, we just get to the point where it's like herd immunity. We're isolating. Yeah, it's like one person at a time we're isolating as opposed to like big groups of people. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how realistic that is or whatever, but that's how I think this works is it's just a couple guys at a time that, you know, yeah, they miss a couple games for for football and baseball. You miss a lot it's, more. But. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Like, I just – I feel like I'm so nervous that these, not only, like, the major sports leagues, but the conferences and, like, in college sports, the schools are just going to, like, cave and, like, live in fear. Because my thing is, like, I was looking – if you're under the age of 80, like, your chances of actually dying from the coronavirus are, like, literally less than the flu. So I don't understand why – they're like telling all these like like shutting down all Dude, these if you're under age of 30.1 percent chance or like point yeah well i i think college is a completely different story because again they're, they're not getting paid so you can't tell a bunch of people that are playing for free but i bet they'd want to play like if you gave them the choice i bet like all those lsu football players i'm sure they'd love to play they may or may not oh, but either yeah. way but either way, it can't be up to the university on that. So if, like, a bunch of teams are just like, hey, we're worried about our health and we don't want to play, then they're going to have to say, all right, then no season. Versus uh, for all the professional leagues, you know, their players getting paid a lot of money. And so that'll be up to whatever the agreements are. And, and if the agreement is, hey, coronavirus or no coronavirus, we play, then, then they can do that. But it's going to be a lot different for college sports. Yeah, I just don't – I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough call. Like, it, for the schools, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. Like, no matter what decision they make, they're going to get criticized for. So I feel like they might as well just go ahead and plan on having sports seasons. Like, seems to be working out well in Europe with all the soccer leagues coming back and baseball over in Japan and Korea. It's, they don't seem to really have any problems. Yeah, well, they also had much harsher, like, quarantines, though. You know I mean? They really shut everything off for months, and we kind of half-assed it. Yeah, yeah well, kinda I – did it, I li- and then we half-assed it, and then we stopped, and now we're kind of doing it again, and it's like – Well, I know because I live an hour from Yellowstone National Park, and the major airport for Yellowstone's in the town where I live, and I still saw, like, at the height of quarantine, I just saw, like, plane after plane after plane flying in, like – I think Americans have a problem with not being able to stay home. They want to be out and about doing whatever they do. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like you just – no matter what, you can only do so much. You can't, like, keep people under your thumb for 
what, six months? I mean, Jesus Christ. Quarantine started, what, in February? Late February? March, because it was early March. Yeah. So we're on almost four months now of quarantine or semi-quarantine. However, and we're, we're in no better spot now than we were like four months ago. Like the cases now are the worst they've been. Dude, yeah. this is the most meaningless three months of my fucking life. Yeah. It all I mean, feels like the same. I'm kind of interested to just see what happens. Like I, I am curious to see if coronavirus get, or COVID gets worse, you know, like it, May, like maybe it might it might evolve and become more deadly than it is but as of right now i mean um i feel fine with if i was an athlete right now i'd be fine with you know playing my sport um and i think it's and, and back to the point of americans half-assing it, it's just hard to keep americans locked in especially because we're all just like fucking like arrogant pricks sometimes badasses yeah also badasses but just like yeah, we're not a country. We're not a country. We're not a country to be tamed. So I think yeah. that's where a lot yeah. of it came from. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm looking forward to baseball coming back, but I feel like they really kind of hurt themselves because here's the thing: like, if they would have gotten this deal done like a month ago, and then they could have been playing actual games at the beginning of July, I feel like they'd have been in a lot better spot. But now their problem is going to be by the time they actually even start playing games on July 24th, that's a week away from the NBA and the NHL playoffs. And the NBA and NHL playoffs are going to get better ratings than regular season baseball, I think. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Here's the thing. There was never – the owners never had any intention – for anything to happen aside from what's happening right now. They weren't negotiating in good faith. Uh, they knew that they could probably wait up the players and they were willing to just not have a season. So, uh, you know, all the, all the original proposals, and now, you know, they're throwing it back on the players like, oh, well, you know, we could have gotten the start if you had agreed to this. We could have had more games. There were never going to be more than 60 games. They didn't want more than 60 games. Uh you know, they're taking a loss in revenue, but mostly they're just not going to make as much money as they usually do. Um, but there was never an, any intention from the owner's side to make this work other than what's happening right now, which is literally it's this or nothing. So yeah, the owners win, the players kind of lose, but whatever. I just feel bad because, like I said, I mean, I feel like if baseball could have started around the beginning of July, they would have, like, had a month where they were the only thing on. Like, people would have basically – they'd have had the best yeah. ratings they've ever had, and now they're they're going to have, like, terrible ratings. And especially when you consider that NBA and NHL playoffs have, like, the big TV deals with ESPN and NBC and stuff. So, like, baseball's not even going to be probably covered that much. I was kind of thinking, like, I wonder – I was just thinking about this. I wonder if baseball – could like uh create like throwing gloves so that way like people aren't touching the balls as much so it's like if you're an outfielder or like an infielder the pitcher obviously wouldn't wear one but i wonder if they could do that and so like keep the germs off the balls just, yeah uh, they were interesting they were, i saw I that was about. kind of a discussion with tennis because like tennis obviously has been kind of canceled worldwide and then like the number one player in the world Djokovic, he like he doesn't believe in vaccines and stuff so he was like yeah. well i'm just going to like start my own tennis tournament turns out today he tested positive for corona yeah but like they were talking like in the tennis Joker. touching the balls and stuff that it was going to be a problem yeah i know i mean 
for tennis is definitely a sport that you can play while without getting that many um like germs around you but i mean if you look at what he did i think it was like ten thousand people or as that was event like, yeah it was well and he was going on tour to like all these european countries and doing it yeah so that was probably not the best idea on his part i mean i think if he's gonna he could have just done this without fans and i think it would have kept a lot of more people safe so yeah definitely a boneheaded decision on his part um because whether we think that COVID's a real threat or not, what it does do is it keeps keeps prolonging, you know, this purgatory we're in right now versus if you were to do it safely and, like, less people got tested or, or less people got um, COVID, you know, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been on so many people's uh, minds, you know. They wouldn't have thought about it as much of a threat, but now it's going to postpone any sort of progress in tennis again, so. Yeah, I don't know. I just think um... – I think you're right, Nick. I think it's tough because you're right. Prolonging this, it's just like, and and people are getting more and more frustrated. And I also feel like the longer that this goes on, people are less and less likely to follow the quarantine, self-isolating, social distancing rules. Like people, I mean, I think we've seen it just in the past few weeks with everything kind of going on, whether it's um, not just like sports, but there's like concerts coming back, all kinds of stuff. People are tired of following the the rules and they're going to be more likely to go into crowds and stuff and which is just going to continue to spread it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I don't I don't know what the answers are but I mean, have you it's almost I've almost gotten to a point where it's like when quarantine first started, I really really wanted sports back, but now it's just like become kind of expected not to have them. So in a sense like I don't even miss them as much as I did when it first started anymore. Yeah, I agree. I think that was like March Madness was get like got canceled right well, when it was going on. Yeah, it's like it's like I got hit with March Madness getting canceled, but now it's like I've lived for several months without sports, and now I'm just kind of like, this is my life now. Yeah, but has <laughs> it been tight or has it been fucking awful? It's been awful. It's been fine for me. I mean, I've still I I've been going out a lot. These like, have been the most forgettable months of my entire life, and sports has played a large part into that a lot of times i remember things or parts of my life based on like oh yeah the panthers were good this year or like this happened and oh that night i went out after that like i don't have any like touchstone moments like uh oh i played call of duty that night and then i played call of duty the next night (laughs) And well, Kuzi, I, I agree with I'm you. I'm like, wait, like, what the fuck have I done? I I don't remember anything the last three months. It's all been the fucking same. I need sports. I need to like feel pain, like <laughs> emotional fucking pain about my team losing. It's I don't. Been, I just want to feel something again. It's been tough for me as a Philadelphia Flyers fan, like diehard Philadelphia Flyers fan. Every year they disappoint me. And then literally the first year that they're good, like top four in the Eastern Conference, like have a real shot to like go to run it, make a run at a Stanley Cup. That's the year that the season gets shut off right when they were streaking. So I'm really just hoping hockey comes back so I can see that. But it, it's, well, yeah. been it's been really I good. guess that also plays into to- – to what I was saying is like, A, my teams have had a lot of success in the past and B, they were supposed to be shit this year. So I wasn't like 
So I'm not like, oh, man, what if, you know, the only team that was kind of like that was Wisconsin basketball team. But, you know, that's been gone for a while now. But it's like I wasn't I wasn't looking forward to the Warriors, the end of the Warriors season. I wasn't looking forward to the Giants season. I wasn't looking forward to the Sharks season. So I guess that also plays into it. I didn't really have. Well, that's the fun thing about a 60-game baseball season, man. Like, I don't care who you root for. You can do it. Anyone can do it in 60 games. It's going to be a blast. It's also like Phillies, the people better watch out for them. Man, I hope we get a really fucking weird World Series. Like, oh, yeah. Like, uh, like the Mariners and uh, I was about to say, the give me the fucking Mariners and the Mets. I was just thinking the Mets. I was like, give me just absolute bizarro world, weird World Series. I'm all for that. You know what I'm hoping to see when baseball comes back? I think we should have a running count on the Nosebleeds page. We'll, we'll update it of how many Astros are hit by pitches throughout the course of the 60 games. Dude, the Astros, dude, they're chilling so hard. Yeah, they got off so No easy. one even cares about, like, wow. But, but I think when baseball comes back, people are going to, like, remember it again. Barely. It, yeah. It'll get a – a third of the intention maybe yeah i mean you think about what's gone down since that happened <coughs> to now at this point like yeah people will remember it but not it will definitely not be at the forefront of people's minds <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think kind of like going off what you were saying nick like i think it was really hard for me at the beginning when this whole quarantine thing started because march madness is my favorite sporting event like of the of the year like yeah for i act the thursday and friday when it starts i never go to class those days i stay home and watch march madness because it's on like all day and it's great and like montana's usually in it usually get beaten the first round but like we were getting ready to go to our third straight march madness so i was looking forward to that it was tough yeah no i get that i mean that was definitely the case with wisconsin basketball just because we had a rocky start in season then we pulled off like 11 or 10, like a ton of fucking straight wins in a row. And uh, we ended up winning the Big Ten. And so that would have been nice to see. Um, but I know that would probably – it probably would have saved me for the disappointment, though. That's what probably it did. But either way, I'd give anything back to feel the disappointment because, I mean, when you're losing in a hor- horrendous fashion, uh, especially Wisconsin sports, it's still fun to do it with friends. So, yeah, I take that back for sure. That's the only season I really missed out on. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, Koozie, thank you for coming on this week. We appreciate it. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be talking some Big 12 football in the next installment of our conference previews for college football. Um, We'll be joined by Texas Tech rep Grant Caravelli, so that will hopefully be interesting. Uh, As always, it'll be me, it'll be Nick Watts, it'll be Gonzo. So stick around after the break to listen to what we have to say about the Big 12.
Welcome back to the Nosebleeds podcast presented by Old Rose Sports. We're here with uh, myself, Alden, Gonzo, and we've got uh, Texas Tech rep Grant here with us today. How you doing, man? Fantastic, boys. And yourself? Oh, we're living the dream through Corona, so... We're uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk some Big Twelve today. Um, last week we did Pac twelve, so we're continuing on with our conference previews. Uh, so we thought uh, there was no better person to have on on the pod this week than somebody whose team's gonna finish last in the Big Twelve. So I mean, oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one. Um, look, I mean, it it uh it ain't great, but we're gonna do everything we can to uh you know maybe not get tenth out of a twelve uh big 12 so um i don't know i i think uh i think tech has a better look than a few teams i don't think we're the best i still think we're a couple of years out with uh wells coming in and kind of shaking everything up and getting his way back in there um but i mean hell we had a good recruiting class now one of the best we've had in a couple of years uh we got a four-star quarterback and baron morton who's committed going to come in next year um probably red shirt and uh then take over from there um Moving forward, I think that there's a lot of talent on that team. And, hell, Baylor just decided to restart all over again. So, at least we got one beat there. Fingers crossed. Anyway. Didn't ba- – yeah, Baylor hired, hired back Bryles, didn't he? Did no, he- no, 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 no. They went Dave Aranda from uh, – hell, he's from the SEC. I completely forgot where he was. Um, I want to say Tennessee. Was he Tennessee's D.C.? Gotcha. Yeah, no, I uh... – I think it's going to be interesting. Like the big 12 is always one of those conferences that I feel like, I feel like that is LSU's DC. LSU's DC. That's going to drive people crazy. My fault. So sorry. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I just feel like the big 12 is one of those conferences where every year, I mean, I feel like Oklahoma's dominated it, but anyone can win it. It's like, you know, like with the, with the big 10, like it's pretty much, it's going to be Ohio state that wins the big 10 every year and the sec it's going to be, you know, one of a, of a few teams, but there's always like a big 12 team that comes out of nowhere to surprise people. Like TCU's had some really good teams. Uh, I don't know. I just think the big 12 could be well, very interesting. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing as uh, every conference. I mean, uh, every conference has their run of a title team for a few years stretch. I mean, uh, what I, except for the big 10, I guess, which Ohio state's pretty much ran for the past few years. But I mean, even Michigan state had its run. Wisconsin throws in the occasional what the, what's up. Uh, Penn state's had a few moments, uh, yeah. but I mean, the sec it's LSU's moment right now was Bama's moment for a while was Auburn's moment before that. Uh, pack has been Oregon, USC, uh, Washington, Washington. Uh, big 12 is kind of in the same light where, I mean, you know, you go back a while, it was uh, Texas for a while. Um, uh, then the Shorthorns got bad and uh, stayed bad for a while. Um, <laughs> then Baylor took a jump. Uh, Oklahoma State took a jump for a couple of years. I mean, they made it to a, a few of the big bowls. I think they played uh, Stanford in the Fiesta Bowl maybe a few years ago. Um, and then you have Oklahoma He's got that team at, and whoever the hell is going to play quarterback for him, they're going to be solid. I mean, they're probably going to win the Heisman. Like, we don't yeah, know who Spencer they are. Spencer Rattler is, uh huh. They got a Spencer Rattler is going to come in, just completely run shit, and people don't even uh, know who he is yet. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, okay, so I got to ask, how many years 
how many more years will it be until Texas is back? Because <laughs> I'm tired of hearing it every year that Texas is back and then they just suck. Um, let me ask you this. How long do you think it is uh, before um, coaches are allowed to bring their players to strip clubs? Because at that point – um. <laughs> No, nah, I'm kidding. But uh, Rick Texas, Pacino, I don't know. Shit. Uh, no, Texas. Uh, Texas is going to be back for a while. Not back, but uh, they're going to be behind the eight ball for a while. Um, while uh, other schools are just like showing more success because Texas, their problem isn't recruiting right now because they're getting solid recruiting classes. Texas's big problem is once they get to the field, they can't translate that talent, which. Yeah. For some people, it's, you know, maybe a mental mindset. Uh, I know, like, um, so I played at Tech. Um, a lot of the people that I played with came in is like, I mean, we had a five-star transfer from Ohio State that one of the most athletic freaks I've ever seen in my life, but there was just a mental block there that he couldn't get on. Uh, he, he was a outside linebacker rush end. Uh, he couldn't translate that into actual football talent when, like, you know, in high school, he was touted as a freaking rock star, came out five-star, went to Ohio State from Texas, which you're not getting recruited, you know, 10 states north unless you have that type of talent. And, right. uh, you know, could just never put it on the field. So, I mean, Texas uh, has done better recently, but, I mean, they're still not where they should be given all their assets, all their facilities, all the money they've invested, all the players they've paid or – allegedly paid um and to this point that's a joke but you know it is what it is um but i mean you got to look at it for what it is i mean if you're not winning games people are going to see you as the joke you are if you know you're like i mean you look it's like a plus b equals c but you're not getting to c instead you're just stopping short every time like you have a and b both there which is the recruiting and the talent and the facilities it's just you're not actually converting that into wins on the field yeah yeah gonzo who do you think uh who are you taking to win the big 12 this year oklahoma Easy. is it close it's no it's not close i think where where you start nickel and diming you know and picking apart the teams is when you're trying to see who's going to finish you know two through four, and I actually think Texas is going to finish second. That's just me, though. Like Grant said, bro, they have they have A and B, but they also have a fucking quarterback who I think is going to make noise. In- oh, come on now. Are you talking about Sam El- – you're, you're not talking I, about Sam Ellinger. I think Sam Ellinger's legit. Oh, my Lord. Listen, no, no, no. And before you start giving me shit, on my college fantasy team last year, he was oh, my quarterback. Here we go fantasy football again with Gonzo. <laughs> Dude, he won me a lot of games, man. He's they lost, they lost the Devin Devin Duvernay. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his yeah, last Duvernay. Name. Yep. Um but man, they still got they got talent on both sides of the ball and it's I think it's going to be between Texas, Ohio State, I mean Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Dude, there's just something about Oklahoma State. Like, I just can't buy into them. I know that they got Hubbard there, who's a sicko, but I don't know. I mean, you got you got Chuba or Chuba, whatever the hell, yeah. and uh, then you got the Wallace Bros. Uh, Oklahoma State, they they could be really dirty. I mean, if they get their offensive line straight and they get their uh, defense to a point where it could at least hang, 
Um, because on the end of the day, Big 12, you're going to score points. You just need mm-hmm. a defense that could, uh, you know, consistently get a couple turnovers here and there and maybe just keep you in games more than like, – so the whole point of Big 12 defenses, and I know a few of my boys, if they ever hear this, will freaking rip my head off for it. Um, but at the end of the day, defense in the Big 12 is – not losing games you're not winning a game because of your defense you're just not losing games because of your defense right so it's just you, just you know like one stopper to hold them to like a field goal one drive i think yeah so. i think though that so my thing is i i get that but my problem with the big 12 is that when they get out of the big 12 and they start you know whoever wins it and they go into the college football playoffs they get embarrassed every year because they can't play defense i mean okay well i mean you have the most historic offense and defense to ever play football in lsu gonna no, come no, no, in I, and you do know, that yeah. literally every team but yeah, i mean lsu but i mean you go back to even um even that oklahoma team back in i guess it would have been 2017 18 when they played georgia in the rose bowl and they had Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. They put up a ton of points in that game, but they couldn't stop Georgia's offense, um, and they got beat. I mean, what Oklahoma's what, 0-4 in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, I just, I just think it's hard for the Big 12 to be successful against the other conferences in, at the top levels when they can't, you know, when their defenses are subpar. And I don't know where that really changes, like, because I would like to see at some point a Big 12 team be able to compete for a national championship and give an SEC or a Big 10 team a competitive game. Well, I mean, in I, – I don't even know. In the, in the Rose Bowl against Georgia back in whatever, when Baker was there, um, that Oklahoma team actually uh, – got to a point to where they were up in that game and they, they should have won that, that game. game and that was a game they should have won it's just you know the second half adjustments on Georgia's part led to uh the, the end result there so I mean it, it being in games and playing against that talent it's it's just a completely different animal and especially when you're preconditioned to playing um I mean hell look at who they play all year they play Texas Tech they play Oklahoma State they play Iowa State they play fucking Kansas and you're not going to like I mean all due respect to Les Miles you're not going to be able to uh get prepared for Joe Burrow throwing seven touchdowns in the first half when you're airmailing it on Kansas you know it's yeah. it's it's a hard reality to face when uh you know, your entire conference has kind of shifted to one style and one playing, one playbook pretty much to go and face a completely different punch in the face and try to just be able to get up from that. Yeah. I, it's always interesting to me, like, um, the, the big 12, like I feel <clears throat> while the defenses a lot of times are weak. You're right. You know, like they're not playing against top caliber defense in the big 12. It's just amazing. The amount of playmakers that come out of there on offense. So, I mean, like you look down the big 12 and pretty much every team has a dynamic offense. Like, you know, even I remember those Texas tech teams a couple years ago. Uh, I mean, they were putting up like a lot of games, like 40, 50 points a game. It was just amazing. And, you know, they couldn't stop anyone on defense, but the Big 12 teams can score. I think that's why you see so many NFL players from the Big 12. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, that's that's the direction the NFL's going. Um, 
and more and more players and more and more playbooks and more and more just overall builds of a player are going to keep on coming from uh, the Big 12 until other conferences start uh, kind of shifting and getting that type of player there. Like, I mean, I think Alabama's receivers are finally uh, getting to that point to where um, – not finally because, you know, they've always had incredible freaking receivers, but to where they could produce – three to four draft picks a draft that are going to go in and make impacts on teams. So are Grant, are you picking uh, Oklahoma to win the big 12 again? By quarter mile. Yeah. It, uh, not, not particularly close. If you had to pick one team that could maybe challenge them, who would it be? Um, if I had to pick one team, it would, it'd probably be Oklahoma state. Just because uh, you look at that team top to bottom, I'm I'm not sold on Spencer Sanders, their quarterback by any stretch, but he's an athletic quarterback that could do things outside of the pocket and has a solid arm. Uh, yeah, he's a little unpredictable with where he throws it, but he, he has some speed to his throw and uh, can make moves on the ground, and he has weapons around him. I mean, you get uh, Talon Wallace out in space, there's not a lot you could do there, and Chuba Hubbard's going to run for – as many yards as he wants this year. So, I mean, you have a few things there. And the rivalry at Bedlam is probably, you know, just just as good a reason to beat Oklahoma as any other. So, I think that uh, really gives Oklahoma State a chance. My only problem there is, I mean, say Oklahoma State does run the table and beat Oklahoma at Bedlam. They play again in the Big 12 Championship right. next week. And then Oklahoma probably wins that. They probably split because I don't – it's so hard to beat a team twice in football that uh, that's why it's hardly ever done. Um, that, uh, you know, just ruins everything. And at that point, no Big 12 team makes the playoff and we give it to some scrub Pac-12 school. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I just – I feel like everybody kind of, like, looks down on the Big 12 and the Pac-12 in a lot of cases. But I think that a lot of the reason is is that they're so competitive. Like – the Big Ten, like, there is no competition for Ohio State. Like, there's there's other good teams. Like, Penn State is good. Michigan's decent. Wisconsin's good. But there's nobody to challenge Ohio State. Like, Oklahoma is the best team in the Big 12 every year. But they have close games. I mean, they really should have lost to Baylor twice last year. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think the Big 12 is just a lot more even. And that's why it sucks that, it you know, if you get one or two losses, you're, I mean, out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I disagree with that aspect a little bit because, yeah, what you're saying is true, that it is more competitive. But let's say the Pac-12, you know how like they're pretty evenly matched and you get a couple losses, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say the Washington team. I think the Washington team is going to translate better to the playoffs than, you know, uh, Oklahoma State or a Texas team in terms of like defense and hanging with. But they can't score. That's that's the you know it's, yeah. it's a catch twenty two like we've yeah. seen that before like where Washington made the playoffs played against Alabama Alabama still got their points like they still I think they put up thirty five and Washington only scored I think seven like yeah I think Big Twelve is going to be it's just more fun to watch like I I remember I was in the gym and I was just glued watching um that Oklahoma playoff game last year like I was you know blown away. What do we what do we think? Could could LSU have put up a hundred on Oklahoma last year? I think they could have. Oh yeah. Yeah, very much so. It was just a matter of big dig Joe wanted to. Like Yeah. Was... I, 
I would have loved to have seen that. That'd have been incredible. Dude, I mean, it, it, if there was anything missing from his season, which there wasn't, it would have been that. Like, just to drop 100 on somebody. In the playoffs? Yeah. yeah in the playoffs. I think, oh, I think people are sleeping on Iowa State, too. I think they're going to be. They're good. My only problem with Iowa State is that uh, you can't win with just a quarterback. I mean, if he's Cam Newton, then maybe, but Brock Purdy isn't Cam Newton. And Brock Purdy is amazing, but once again, he's not Cam Newton. And the rest of the team has holes everywhere to a point and to an extent to where you can't really succeed beyond that. I, they're going to make some noise. They might get an upset here or there. Um, but good God, it is hard for – just one guy to carry a team to victory like I mean you go back a couple of years to those Texas Tech teams you were talking about with uh, Mahomes Mahomes is maybe the best quarterback to ever play football in his third year people are at least having that conversation he's at least in the conversation he's only three years in he's won and one MVP. So far he's about had as good of a career as you could have in three years especially because no, yeah. he only played two of them um, anyway, he set the record for most yards single-handedly in a game ever where he put up like 900 by himself and still lost. I mean, it, it, shit like that happens, especially in the Big 12. And if Purdy is, you know, going to try to have a season like that, he's got to have more than just himself. Yeah. Well, I'm reading here that they have this tight end, Charlie Kohler, who they think is going to challenge for All-America honors. Um, supposedly they have this running back, Brees Hall. I don't know anything about him, but he's a rising star. And Tariq Milton, who averaged like 21 yards a catch last year. So, so Kohler is a fucking dog. That dude's just bigger than everybody else. And I think he actually translates well to the NFL. But uh, the rest of them are just, you know, you got to say something good about everyone on a team. Yeah. Yeah, like I haven't heard of any of them, but. From what I'm reading here, they have talents. Oh, look who's on. All right, Nick. So we're we're just like kind of going through the Big Twelve. Um, yeah. What's your take? Who do you think will win it this year? Oklahoma. Is that the consensus? Yeah. I'm thinking Oklahoma. I don't think Texas is is ever going to be back for a long time, long, long time. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, Oklahoma just has the recruiting. They have the players. Uh, who they have is that – isn't their quarterback that guy Radler, Spencer Radler? Yeah. Yeah, so he He'll looks probably like win the Heisman. So he looks like he's going to be really good. Um, as far as the rest of the Big 12, you know, uh, I think Baylor without Rollers their head coach, right? So I think without him they're going to be in trouble. Um, and just look, looking down on it, like I think the, the rest of the Big – 12 should be like solid it's just that there aren't a lot of teams that it just in general in the conference so there's only going to be like the, the only team that I think is going to stand out is going to be Oklahoma this year um we'll see if Texas can turn around obviously they always seem to have some decent recruits but Herman just hasn't been able to show the consistency over the last couple of years they're going to be playing LSU again um well so I just we were just talking a minute ago Gonzo is a simp for Sam Ellinger so Bro, fuck is Gonzo weird? A corona mask. <laughs> That's like, have you have you seen the movie The Lovebirds? No. Ah, right, you should watch that movie. They they wear a bunch of. The, it's like a new movie with like Camille Nanjiani, um, 
and Issa Rae. Either way, she wears they wear that shit in the movie. Like not those two characters, but like there's some weird shit that goes on in there. <laughs> but you like uh, Sam Ellinger? Is that you said? Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a dark horse for Heisman. Like everybody's here writing, they're <laughs> writing Spencer Rattler, and I'm like, bro, this guy hasn't even played a full game of. Bro, if you think the Heisman's gonna be anybody other than Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, you're crazy. I'm not. Or Spencer Rattler. But I'm saying dark horse. Like he, his name's gonna be in the conversation, though. It's not like everybody's gonna forget that Ellinger existed. I'm oh no, 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 no! Like that's not what I'm saying. Ellinger's name will always be there, but that's because the media's dick is all the way down Texas's throat, or vice versa. Um, you know, just re- repeatedly just pumping each other, pumping each other, <laughs> pumping each other. But um, I mean, while while the Texas narrative is even like remotely close to being back, and while they have a player who they could even kind of market like Sam Ellinger, who people like they called him Tim Tebow last year. That is how fucking absurd these people are, is that they're calling him Tim Tebow, which not a shot in hell and not a chance in his life. He's anywhere near that. And the dude like tries to play like Tim Tebow and then gets shit blasted by tech by Big Twelve linebackers. Like, I mean it it is what it is. You know, he's the quarterback at Texas. He's going to have a name behind him and he's going to have attention, but that doesn't mean shit at the end of the day when they go, what, eight and four? Yeah. I think the pr- biggest problem Texas had was that season two years ago where, um, I guess, did they, did they end up beat, beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl? Um, but yeah. regardless, what the, the biggest problem they have is they keep, they always shoot themselves in the foot. You know, they're one of the most, or, you know, reported on teams in the country. And so for them, what they really need to do is try their best to, and it's going to be impossible, but try their best to fly as much under the radar as they can. Instead, they had one good season. They started mouthing off. They're like, Texas is back, Texas is back. And not even just the fans. I'm talking about the players. Like Ellinger was, you know, was on his high horse and doing all this bullshit. And like, like while you guys were good for Texas the last couple years that the Texas that you need to be is the Texas of the past which is a national championship level Texas team and so really in the course of history you guys didn't do jack shit you guys flaunted around you guys put targets on your back which is not what you want in 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 any conference let alone the big 12 where everybody's gunning for you because you are Texas so you know if, if Texas wants to be successful again they gotta like just put on a fucking hard hat and go to work instead of flaunting around every single little success they have. Because if you just go around talking about how you're back 24 seven, you're never actually back. Yeah. I mean that, that Texas team, I guess it was two years ago when they, um, I think they went to the big 12 championship against Oklahoma, um, ended up in the sugar bowl, won the sugar bowl. They were, I mean, that was a good team, but like, you're right. I mean, everybody was saying Texas back. Well, they still lost the Big 12 championship. They didn't win their conference. And, I mean, I think that their standard of success has to be higher than, you know, just going to a, a New Year's Six Bowl. Like, if they want to actually say they're back, they got <clears> to <throat> prove that they can make a playoffs or at least win their conference. Especially when their conference is aligned the way it is, right? So, Texas is – the Big 12 is actually pretty interesting because it's the only conference where – that like the share of earnings isn't split equally amongst the teams. So well, Texas actually gets the lion's share of all the earnings for the big 12, right? They have that stupid like longhorn network shit. They have all that dumb stuff. But in the other leagues, like let's say like you take the big 10, 
the ACC, when they have like an ACC network, a Big Ten network, all the revenue from those gets split equally amongst the teams. So it's even more like it's it's even it's even worse of a look for Texas to be this bad for this many years, especially when they're taking the lion's share of the revenue, and they still can't beat out the Oklahomas and Baylors, and you know they're always going to be like. TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, they're always going to pop up and be, you know, pretty decent teams because the recruiting down in Texas is so solid. Um, so, you know, it's it's pretty embarrassing look for them, in my opinion. I just – I don't think there's anything Texas could do about it, though. It's kind of like the media perception of them. It's like when we talked about, like, USC. They could win. That would be a start. Well, yeah, but the media wants them to do good. So, like, for example, they play against week two – they play against LSU. They could shut up. Matthew McConaughey could not go to that game. If Texas beats LSU, that's all that you're going to hear about on Sports Center, And they're not going to have, you know, it's not going to be their fault that everybody's talking about them kind of think so. But it has been in the past. Like, literally, I mean, you look at, like, they, they, as I just said, like, Ellinger was, was flaunting around after winning that Sugar Bowl. Herman was going around acting like he was the king of the world. McConaughey is always on the sidelines acting like he's hot shit. But – you know, you can't like so. It starts with the team. If the team calms down and just plays their games, then they'll be fine. But they that's that's I don't know. That's just my personal opinion on an outsider looking in. So, you don't think that's passion? No, I think it's fine. I just think that when you're a team that's that covered by the media, I mean, you look at Alabama, right? They don't ever flaunt like their shit. They're just like, this is what we do because it's, it's the whole thing of like, act like you've been there before. Alabama goes out and wins big games, and they don't flaunt it around. You know, yeah. So it is passion, uh, but yeah, it's uh, honestly it's just the uh, team persona and the team motto, team whatever you want to call it, vibrato behind uh, the coaching staff that's instilled amongst the players. Um, for instance, when I was at Tech, we had Cliff, um, who uh, really was a no bullshit coach from the get go. Came in day one was gets it gets the facility at three a.m. stays until nine p.m. Um, then does that every day. Doesn't say shit to the media outside of we're doing this and this. Okay, cool. And tells every player the day they come in, you fuck up, you're gone. That's just the end of the day. That's the rule. It is what it is. And when you have a guy like Herman who's going to come in and really just let players be full mouthpiece, do whatever the hell they want. I mean. Occasionally, that's going to come out. And when Ellinger goes out, has a good game against Georgia in a Sugar Bowl, which people forget Georgia had half their team not play in that game. Yeah, Georgia didn't even want to play that game because they were mad yeah, that they didn't exactly. get into the playoffs. Yeah, so half their team doesn't play. And then he comes off and says, hey, we're back while holding a Sugar Bowl trophy that they played against half a Georgia team. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the biggest difference between Texas and the the top talent in the nation right now, Georgia doesn't care about the Sugar Bowl. They want to win a national championship game. And that's the key difference, right? There are teams that are like that that care about everything that that care about stupid like shit for show like Texas does. And Georgia just wants the rings. Alabama just wants championships. Clemson just wants championships. The Alabama took whatever fucking second place trophy they got a few years ago and literally smashed it in their in their locker room the assistant like the strength coach just came by and like smashed like an orange bowl trophy or some shit you know mm-hmm. and it's like when you have that mentality of every game is the same and we just got to keep pushing forward until the end goal 
then you're going to be more successful. You can't, you can't just act like you won the fucking championship on week two of the season. If you beat LSU. I mean, you listen to, if you, so we'll just like, if you look at the best teams in college football, Alabama, Ohio state, Oklahoma, um, Auburn, LSU, when you hear, when you interview, like when they interview their players after the game, they always say the exact same thing. It's always, you know, we're focused on the next game, you know, making sure that we win the next game. They're not talking about like, you know, we won, the, we won the sugar bowl last year. So we're back. I mean, they're talking about, you know, the team, the next team we're playing, we got to take them seriously. Like we, we have to prepare hard. We got to be ready to go and they are ready to go. That's why they're good. I mean, I feel like Texas is the type of team that they'd win a big game and then they'd be flaunting about it and then have a letdown game the next week. Yeah, exactly. And it's not bad to celebrate, but just like don't celebrate in public. Don't put it on Twitter. Don't talk to the media and, and, you know, flaunt it around. Even like Joe Burrow, when he won the Heisman, he was just like, yo, we're not done. You know, he won the Heisman and he was like, we still got one more game to play left and I'll I'll celebrate afterwards. And he sure did. Like, (laughs) like Joe Burrow, like, Joe Burrow was awesome at handling the media and just he really didn't let loose until that final game until the clock hit, you know, zeros. He wasn't like out there talking about, Oh yeah, we're the best team in the nation. We're going to go out there and kill everybody in sight. It wasn't until, you know, he could finally just sit down have a cigar. Uh, what was, what's that? What's the hat we have? Um, big Dick Joe. Yeah. Big Dick Joe, you know? So yeah, I think that's – I think a lot of it, it just comes – because Texas has the talent, right? They're going to have the recruits. I think Herman's a solid coach. But – so they can obviously – you know, they have the same talent as as Oklahoma. It's just, for me, a lot of it, it comes down to the mental aspect of the game. And I don't know. Because – and if it doesn't show up this year, then, yeah, maybe you can look at the coaching staff. You can look at Herman and say, like, we're not – he's not as good as we thought he was. But – um you know, I mean, and we see that Texas has the talent. They were one of the few teams to play LSU close last year. Like they were one of two teams. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so, yeah, no, I think they, they just got to start coming out for every game instead of the big games. Cause that's what they kept doing is like, Oh, it's a big game. Let's start playing. It's like, no, you got to come out and stomp on people's necks every single game, regardless. Well, I think that's kind of the same conversation we've been having though. Like, um, to your to your credit, Nick, you're saying like uh, the mental aspect's a huge thing. Well, uh, getting complacent with who you're playing and you know the day, uh, what day it is, uh, who, uh, whatever schedule you have, and whatever the end result is, you got to know like going into it that end of the day, every team's goal should be uh, what Joe Burrow had and in going to the national championship. Uh, yeah. If you're not playing to win, what the hell else are you doing there? And obviously there's situations where, you know, you have to stay um, consistent to what your goals can be and make your goals achievable. But um, if you're playing, so, Hey, I want to go four and eight this year, get the fuck out of here. And Texas's standards have to be higher than everyone else because they have that pedigree and they have that uh, background behind them. And believe it or not, I hate myself for saying this. The burnt orange means something out here in Texas to people. People live and die with that, and it's more of a religion than some religions out here. I mean, it just is what it is. And if you're playing just to say, hey, we want a Sugar Bowl, okay, get the hell out. You don't deserve to be here anymore. You don't deserve to be the coach of this team. And that yeah, exactly. starts from the coaching staff and works its way down. Like, so 
obviously Texas Tech, you know, is what it is. Didn't have the best team. We were there, though. Uh, Cliff um, painted on the door to our locker room. You walk into the hallway, right? And then there's this big, like, wall and then the hallway. On the wall, he had uh, our entire schedule painted on the wall. And then past that, he had uh, the playoff dates and then the national title date. Tech has no business being in the national championship. Well, we had Pat Mahomes, you know, maybe. But at the end of the day, we had no business being in the national championship. And we still, like, have that on our, on our mind every day as we walk in the door. I mean, yeah. and that's, that's coming from Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas. Not billion-dollar Austin, Texas with all the facilities, everything, all the money they have. Yeah, I think I think also that Sugar Bowl would have been like a lot like better if it was a stepping stone, like if they improved from that to like the next year. But they went from the Sugar Bowl to what what bowl game were they in last year? Does I don't even know. Like 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 the Alamo Bowl or something. Yeah, like if they would have taken a step in like further and maybe like won their conference or gone to the playoffs, then that sugar bowl would have meant something more because it would have been like a stepping stone, but they have, are going in the wrong direction. Yeah, they just again. love shit. No. What's that? Not that I was saying that you guys just love shitting on them, man. Shit. It's, it's honestly oh, not me shitting God. on them. It's honestly <laughs> not me shitting on them. I'm just saying they should be better than they are. And I think a lot of it just comes from the, their, um, like, I, I guess like their personalities and, and, as I say, like just the mental mentality down there. But yeah, you guys are talking about them in comparison to like schools that are competing for national championships, like the Alabamas and the Clemson. Well, they should, should be. be. They should be. But this whole this whole segment, we're talking about if they're going to be able to compete, you know, in the Big Twelve, and I think that they can, even with that mentality. Well, though, but the thing is, it's like it's a different it's a different bar for for Texas rather than. I don't know, say TCU or any other team in the Big 12. Any other team in the Big 12, yeah, they can sit, they can walk away from a 10-4 and four season and say, wow, we had a great year this year. Texas can't walk away from a 10-4 and four season and say, wow, we had a great year this year because, as Grant says, it's just like what they mean to the state of Texas and what they mean to college football in general and their history and everything behind Texas. They can't just walk away from a 10-4 and four season and say, we did good because that's not what – they used to be that's not what they are and at the end of the day the problem is the past five years they've had one recruiting class outside of the top 10 and when you have that much talent coming into that school you have to set the bar farther than what you would if you're a Iowa State or a Baylor or a whoever the hell you know yeah, yeah. Texas is one of those teams too. I feel like, you know, they are the type of team that can have a big win, but I just don't trust that they will have the consistency to week in and week out, not have a letdown game. I was talking about that last week um, when we did the Pac-12. Uh, somebody commented uh, when we did our picks that they said that I should have like put some more respect on Arizona State. And I said, I think Arizona State's going to be good, but I don't think they're at the point where they're going to be able to put together 12 games consistently and not have a letdown game. And that's where Texas is. Like they might win a big game, but they're also going to have a bad loss or two somewhere on their schedule. Yeah. No. And I don't, I don't disagree with you. Like I listen, I don't think it's out of, you know, the realm of possibility that they beat LSU week two. Like well, LSU, LSU isn't going to be as good. 
LSU lost a lot of talent, but I could also see them winning and then losing to, you know, Texas Tech or West Virginia or some shit like that in a bad loss. Yeah. Dude, I was just, I just, I just remembered that Les Miles is the coach of Kansas. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Kansas why. is back. Kansas, my dude, Les Miles got. I feel like he got it rough. Like he, I mean, obviously, Ogeron was a much better head coach, but I feel like he was never really that bad of a coach. Regardless, I was just like, dude, I don't know. Sometimes, like, you get the right coach into those teams, like especially Les Miles. It sometimes works, and sometimes absolutely does not. Like. Yeah. And it's been happening in the Pac-12. We talked about it with, like, Herm Edwards, Chip Kelly. Um, who was the other one? Kevin Sumlin, where, like, these coaches try to revive their careers at smaller programs. So, I'm I don't, I'm just curious to see what goes on in there. Hot, my you, hot take of the week, Kansas will be back before Texas is. That's actually what I was about to ask. Like, at what point? Like, I mean, it, actually a good, like, question. Do you think Kansas makes it to a bowl game or Texas wins the Big 12? What comes first? Oh, Kansas makes oh, it. To, I think Kansas makes it to a, a bowl question. game probably within the next couple of years. You guys can exactly. No, you guys. Can <laughs> That's actually a really good question. To be honest, I hey, think Kansas could could put together six wins. Maybe not this year, but by next year, I bet they can put together six wins. Yeah, I mean the thing with Les Miles is going to need a couple of years to recruit, just because Kansas recruiting has been so shit. Um, but Texas won't win a Big Twelve title for, I mean, at least the next few years. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma's just super fucking good. Oklahoma's just super good. Well, well uh-huh. Rattler's going to be there for, what, at least two two years? Two, three years? Three two. years. He's a redshirt freshman this year. All right, so give him three years. I don't think Kansas. Okay, well, Kansas is already halfway there. They already improved to three wins. <laughs> it is pretty bad when you improve to three wins, you know. One of those wins is Texas. I yeah. mean, I, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Texas is going to win the Big 12 but lose yeah, the Kansas? Gonzo, your argument just went out the window by that right there. If Kansas is beating Texas, like, your argument's just gone. What? Yeah, man, like, I, here, here's the thing. and I'm looking up recruiting right now. Texas had – they easily had the most recruits in the Big 12 for, for 2020, right? One five-star, 14 fifths – or 15 four-stars and four three-stars. Oklahoma didn't even get a, a four-star in 2020. Uh, I can look back at, like, 2018 because that's going to be a lot of the players that are going to be playing now. Texas had the number three recruiting cast in the country. Two five-stars, 17 four-stars. Oklahoma only had one five-star, 12 four-stars. The rest of the so, 12. So Texas has – by far the best recruiting class, and they're losing to a three-win Kansas. Like, that, exactly. that just goes to show where Texas is at. And so – Bro, I hope they win. I hope they – bro. Each – all three of you guys are going to be walking around rocking a Sam Ellinger, Ellinger jersey. No, I mean – I again, swear I, to God, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think college football is – it, when the Blue Bud programs are, are, are good and, like – I, I like rooting against them. You know, like when Texas is good, it's fun to either root against them or root for them. So college football in general benefits from them being good. So I want them to be good. I just don't – I haven't bought in yet because it's just – this. the last couple of years have just not been up to snuff. It would just be really nice if college football, the top level of college football, was more than like a couple teams in the SEC, Clemson and Ohio State. Like that would just be really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to turnover. 
of coaches, of head coaching. Like, the, I mean, you look at, say, like, um, a lot of times these big programs, they try to get rich quick. And so they'll just try to hire as many coaches as they possibly can uh, and try to fix what they have. But what they don't realize is, like, it's really like a five-year process, you know. These coaches can't just pick up and, and take a program that has been abandoned in the dirt and bring it back. I mean, if you look at um, – I mean, even Notre Dame has done a decent job of this, of just letting Brian Kelly ride it out, um, letting Harbaugh ride it out at Michigan. Obviously, Michigan, this is probably his do-or-die year there just because he can't beat Ohio State. But They're going to win the Big Ten this year. That's my prediction. But regardless, it's just like – uh, with Texas, you know, they've had a lot of turnover in the last decade. So they seem to figure out how to let their coach do his thing, whether it's good or bad, give him a few years before they just sack him. Because a lot of times you don't know how good you got it until you fire your head coach. And then it turns out that, man, that was a lot better than whatever new experience you want to have next. I and mean, that's what happened with Tennessee and, uh, whatever the fuck his name was. Uh, who's Tennessee's Butch. head? Yeah, Butch. So, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, same thing with Texas Tech. I mean, Cliff was there five years and never had defense. We go and hire um, our D.C. who – Jesus Christ, how am I forgetting his name? Whoever the hell. He ended up going to Missouri when Cliff was fired. But uh, our, so when he came in, our defense was consistently bottom five in the entire NCAA. Um, his second year there, we're up to 50, like we're the 50th ranked defense, which regardless of what you want to say, that's 70, that's 70 schools. We jumped just because of, he made the emphasis, uh, not getting like, you know, we're going to let up yards. We're going to let up points, but if we capitalized on turnovers and getting the ball back for our offense as much as possible, that's going to translate into more points for us because we're going to score when we have the ball. It's just what you do at tech. And that went good until we had quarterback injuries back-to-back years to a point to where, hey, I mean, Cliff, uh, his last year there, I don't think that should have been the year he got fired. Obviously, great for him. Ended up failing upwards like no one ever (laughs) has before. But um, ended up uh, getting fired a year where we had our third-string quarterback in for our last two games of the year because both our quarterbacks got hurt. Or even look at uh, Mike Leach at uh, Texas Tech. I mean, he kind of got oh, – uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, got, he got the boot because, what, he wouldn't let one of the boosters' son play on the football team? <laughs> uh, 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 do you guys actually know the Leach st- story? I know bits and pieces of it, but you can tell okay, the full so, thing. Uh, yeah, so uh, Texas Tech has the Leach curse on them, and we will have the Leach curse on us probably until God knows how long. Um, but, uh, so back in the day, uh, Craig James, uh, from ESPN, the guy who used to be on the Pony Express, right? Um, he, he was on ESPN. His son was our backup tight end, uh, at Tech. And it was the year after the Crabtree year where we went 11 and two, ended up losing to Ole Miss, which had Eli Manning and all them. Um, actually, I think I'm getting my years split up. Uh, we lost to Ole Miss in the Cotton Bowl, um, but still one of the best years in tech history. Ended up yeah. having Graham Harrell and Mike uh, Michael Crabtree, both top five in Heisman uh, uh, votes that year. Then turn around, and uh, the next year, 
uh, Adam James was like, hey, I think I should be starting all year. Throws a pick, gets in fights with the coaches all year. Um, then one day says, hey, I think I have a concussion. Uh, Leach says, fine, go inside. And he's like, no, I don't want to go inside. And Leach says, fuck you, go inside. If you have a concussion, you're going to be a prick on the field. And then they get into it, get into a fight. Trainers come out and just pull him into a – he said he was locked in a closet. The closet he was talking about was they're on the – so our practice field, we have two practice fields right behind our facility. Uh, they're on the far practice field, which on the far practice field, there's a back hallway through the equipment room back into the facility. They went him – put him through that hallway, made him walk through the equipment room back there, but he just got in a fight. It was like, this is bullshit, fuck this, yada, yada, whatever. Uh, they locked – calls his dad at ESPN, said, I have a concussion, and Coach Leach just locked me in the equipment room. That story immediately <laughs> – Craig James is like, hey, guys, hey, ESPN, I have a story for you. Let me get on the air. They're like, go for it, son, go for it. He's like, Mike Leach just locked my son who had a concussion in the closet. It's like, no, like, hang, hang on. So Leach had just gotten an extension from Texas Tech that year um, that was like five years, however many millions of dollars. It made him, uh, which, made, uh, which uh, brought his salary to more than the president of Texas Tech as a whole, like the president of the actual school. And he didn't like that. He didn't like that he was being overshined immediately fires Leach on the spot. No investigation, no anything. Leach was just fired, blacklisted, said he had a breach in contract and didn't end up paying him out any of that money that he was owed for that year or the remainder of his contract, which had a firing clause in it that he cites, which uh, still allows him uh, a portion of that money, didn't pay him shit out of it. Yeah, no, I remember um, him talking about it, where there's some sort of law in Texas where, like, it, he was like they didn't have to pay him because of some sort of like um, contract worker law. But either way, I mean, yeah, that that was definitely such a dumb move by that. I mean, Kingsbury obviously was ended up being a good coach, but um, you talk about a guy who went eighty four and forty three in college, especially at a school like Texas Tech. That's about you know that's about as good as it's gonna get really on a tech level. Um, you know, if you can go. If you can get nine win seasons year after year after year at Texas Tech, you know that's that's about that's a pretty good season. So again, that's just another one of those things you don't know how good you have until you have it until they're gone. So yeah. Ugh. God, I wish he was back. Yeah, and Mike Leach, he's like one of those coaches who he's been good everywhere he goes. Like everywhere yeah. he goes, he he brings success. Washington State. Texas Tech, he's going to do well at Mississippi State. Like, we'll see. I mean, the guy's just a winner. The thing about Texas Tech, it, it really was a perfect match for him because he's such an offensive mind. So, like, you know, the guy li lives and breeds air raid offense. So, he's kind of built for the Big 12. Um, it'll be, I'm, I, mean, I mean, I'm excited to see um, both those Mississippi schools with Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Cause I think they're both good coaches, you know? And so yeah. I feel, I feel like that rivalry is going to be really fun to watch just because those coaches have such big personalities. Mike and Leach. Go ahead. Like, oh, I was going to say just like seeing their Twitter battles is going to be so fun to watch. Like, I feel like, I feel like they have a mutual respect for each other. Cause I think they've both kind of been blackballed a bit from, from college football so to see them be both back is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think they're going to have like, just like a weird friendly rivalry. 
I think Mike Leach is incredible when you also consider the fact that he took Washington State, like Washington State, within one win of the college football playoffs a couple years ago. Like that, that just goes to that's incredible. I mean, Washington State is not like a program that you would think of as a as a powerhouse, and they were one win away. Yeah, and to top that off, he is one of the few coaches in college football that has a full brand and personality behind him to where you can market your coach as like a figurehead to the team and actually make money off of your coach's brand. Like there are very few coaches that like are just name recognizable to where you immediately know who, where, what, and how he is. Yep. Like Saban, uh, Lane Kiffin to an extent. Coach O. Uh, Coach O, obviously. Urban Meyer was one. Mac Brown used to be one. John Probably Lincoln Ar- Riley Ar- goes Ar- into that now. Lincoln Riley oh. now and Mike Leach. Oh, and Dabo. Dabo Sweeney for sure. Dabo, of course. But yeah, that's... well, that. Gus Malzahn, so fucking sharks. So that, uh, no, that was uh, Jim McElwain. Same person. <laughs> so that uh, that season, though, that 2018 season you were talking about, Alden, that was the same season where I was at the game where Cal upset them and the kid had a Shazam Sweet Caroline. Oh yeah, Cal, Cal yeah. kept him away. Cal kept him away from uh, from that top four position, probably. Oh, Berkeley, that was Minshew. <laughs> what? That was Minshew. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that was Minshew. 2018. So, yeah. Well, although Minshew fucking bounced around, didn't he? Well, yeah, he you, came from. Uh, you the the story you didn't? Did you guys hear about the story about how like Leach got him? Like, he was committed. He was going to transfer to, like, Alabama. And yeah. how he to switch his mind from going to Alabama to fucking Washington State, dude. Like, how are you going to – Well, it was so funny because – yeah, that was the Gardner Minshew year. That was the one year he played at Washington State. I think Leach went up to him and he was like, hey, you want to score touchdowns? He's like, yeah. He was like, then come here. <laughs> and he was like, all right. Yeah. And he scored some fuck ton Leach, of touchdowns. He had like, yeah, he whipped his dick out on a table. And it's like, you want to go and play backup at Tuscaloosa – or you yeah. want to lead the nation in passing yards here at Washington State. And then yeah. Min, being the fucking goat he was, packed his bags and went to Washington State. Yeah, well, Lee also is like the father of the modern offense to an extent. Because, I mean, look at all the coaches that come off of his coaching tree. I mean, he coached with Stoops at Oklahoma as the OC there and turned that offense into what it was. And then went to Tech in all the coaches that have come off him and gone different directions and gone to different schools and – uh, have turned offenses into what they are now. I mean, all the coaches that came off of that Oklahoma tree where he was at then, uh, all the coaches he had underneath him on his offensive staff that are everywhere. I mean, Lincoln Riley was an assistant at Tech before he went to Oklahoma and took over there and now is one of the greatest offensive coaches in football right now. Yeah. I actually have an Oklahoma question. So are we completely sold on Spencer Rattler? Yes. Yes. Are we? I'm not actually. Yeah, I'm not. It's not like that. I'm sold on Spencer Radler. I'm more just sold on Oklahoma right now, and I just think that, like, I don't. I don't see many teams topping them this year. It's less about him and more just about Gonza. Don't tell me you're suggesting that another quarterback's going to start there. That's that's not what I'm saying. But like, I'm looking back, and this is going to be the first guy that Lincoln Riley is actually tasked with like developing from scratch. Because you got Jalen Hurts. You got Kyler Murray, you got Baker Mayfield, all were transfers. You know, Spencer Rattler's the first guy that just walked into Oklahoma as a freshman. You get me? 
Yeah, but he had a redshirt year behind Hertz, who is maybe the most senior quarterback ever and maybe one of the best people you could be underneath ever as a mentor and as a teacher. And not only that, all those quarterbacks really had their first year of success under Lincoln Riley. Yeah, like, I mean, Baker did great, but Baker did great at Texas Tech in half the year he played before he got hurt, but he got hurt and didn't have a full season with success as a full team. And no so one knew about Kyler Murray until he went to Oklahoma. Uh, people knew about him from the high school sense, but not as like uh, – I mean, Kyler holds the record in Texas for most consecutive wins ever. He had like uh, – he went to Allen High School outside of uh, Dallas, which has the $60 million stadium yeah. and ended up winning like 80 straight games. Like freshman to senior, never lost a game. No, yeah, I just mostly just have faith in the coaching staff there and then also just the players around them because of, you know, their recruiting status. So I think like – if you you put a quarterback in there that's um, that can do his job, and I, I don't know from what I've learned from Spencer Radler, what the tapes I've seen of him, he, he seems like a really good quarterback. So, um, and it's less that I'm, it's I guess it's also more that I'm I'm less sold on Oklahoma as a team than I am like not buying the the rest of the competition in the Big Twelve as competitors. Like I'm not buying Texas to compete as much with them. Also true. All right. We can probably go ahead. We've, I think we've thoroughly covered the Big 12 now. Um, so uh, news came out yesterday from Adam Schefter that said that the NFL is planning uh, for on-time training camp and on-time start to the regular season. And the source that Schefter had said that he is certain that NFL season is going to be played and it'll be played on time. So that's a little bit of good news, I guess, comp- especially when we see what's going on with college and who knows if the NBA is even going to happen. I see 16 more players tested positive today. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be the Debbie downer, but it's like, we're just, we're taking one step forward only to go two steps back. You know, we're just going to say like, Oh, we can say as long as we want, like sports are going to be back. But at the end of the day, people are going to start testing positive and then they're just going to say like, you know, Oh, we gotta, we gotta reassess. We gotta reevaluate. So, um, you I know, think like the NFL will happen, though. Like, I really do. Yeah, we got to stay positive. Like, in terms of, like, COVID years, the start of the NFL season is, like, a lifetime from now. <laughs> yeah, not only that, with uh, the MLB already uh, – the players agreeing to a season happening there uh, mm-hmm. with enough time out from uh, the MLB start uh, to the NFL start. I mean, if they're even considering having the MLB there – and having NBA season as a whole three months before NFL would even think about starting. I mean, you, surely there's enough time there to have a plan worked out and in place where the NFL could come back. And you're forgetting about how uh, how crazy for money Roger Goodell is um, to an extent to where the money that they would lose from TV deals alone mm-hmm. would be astronomical and nowhere near allowed for the NFL not to start. Well, I, I was talking football will be there. I was talking with Grant a little bit before we started recording about this. I mean, the NHL, they're in a similar position because they were originally not going to have, they were not going to finish out this season. Uh, But then NBC, that's who they have their TV deal with. NBC basically in the contract, if they didn't finish their season, NBC wouldn't have to pay them like anything to broadcast the games next year. So they were saying we well, now we have to finish the season because we can't afford to like give NBC a free year of broadcasting our games. So I think like a lot of these professional sports feel like they almost 
don't have a choice. They have to do it one way or another, just in terms of the money from the TV deals. But what happens if people just start getting, getting positive tests? Well, that's, that was kind of where I brought it up earlier. You know, it's one thing if like one or two players get it, but if like a whole team starts testing positive, it's a problem. I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting. I know at the, the NHL draft lotteries tonight, Gary Bettman said he's going to talk about it. But I know Goodell, he was talking the other day. He said that he knows that players are going to test positive, but they have like good plans in place. But you, you made the point, Nick, you know, it's going to happen where like someone's going to go to a strip club, get it, and then infect the whole team. Um, yeah. It's going to, you know, unless you are like isolating the players, I don't know. It's going to. Because the thing is, is like, you know, it, like these players will have to be like, it's not, it's not even quarantining then once they get positive tests, all these players have to quarantine now, like ASAP, because if they're not quarantined, like you want to go in there hoping that everybody is testing negative, like everybody all going from the players to the coaches to the physical training staffs. Like, and that's a lot of people. That's got to be what, how many people do you think are going to be involved with NFL games? It's, it's probably several thousand, 200, 300 people a team. So a couple thousand people, all those thousands of people have to be completely negative. Right. So it's, why don't they, they I have, I have a proposal. Why don't they just like infect them all now? Get it I, out of the way. And then we'll be good. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But it's like, I dude, I agree with that, but also at the same time, like the media would just fucking go after them. Like because like, let's be honest, just... like the NFL players as strong and as healthy as they are, like they're not gonna die from COVID. Like yeah, but then you also have the players that like are at at like high risk. So like the James Connors and shit like that. Like you don't want to just. It would just be it would just be a huge public relations nightmare. I'll just say that. I think like they should I, just they should they should release the bats. They should put them all in a room. Release the bats. Get it out of the bat. way. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I need is that. Uh, like, uh, has a giant bat signal in the sky. It's like release the bats. We're live. We're going. Uh, wait, they gotta get. Um, wait, what? What was his name? Ah, shit. I'm looking him up right now. Um, just give me a sec. Uh, Tom Crean. They gotta get Tom Crean out there to release the bats. Have you guys heard that story where he like released the bat in the locker room because like he had some big pregame speech for Indiana back in the day and like released the bat. He's like, you guys gotta play like bats today. And then they let a, a bat out in the locker room and just flying <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think that's what we need to do. We just need to release the bats, get everyone infected. They'll get they'll all get over it. Like maybe one or two will die, but it'll be a sacrifice worth like, it'll be worth it. And then we'll just get on with the season. Oh, even better way. Just get uh anchorman to get champ kinds chicken place. That serves. Right <laughs> yeah. Back. Um, yeah. There you go. Exactly. Ron Burgundy. Go chicken to of the, the cave. Is this live bat chicken <laughs> of the cave actually. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm setting my, I'm setting my expectations pretty low. Um, I think I think I think the NFL season will happen, but at the same time, like we thought for sure that oh yeah, everything was going to be fine by now, and then now a bunch of people are testing positive, and uh, things are well. We also, as a nation, did the worst job we possibly could at uh, yeah. following, um, you know, just a two week period, which you know, give or take. Yeah, no one like I. Now. It was so bad how. 
like America did such a bad job with quarant like probably like a lot of people did quarantine, but all it takes is like a very small percent of the population not to. And I still like at the height of it uh, a couple months ago, you still saw like people congregating and it, yeah, we definitely Dude, did not help. I mean, it is what it is. We're at this point now. Madison just got fucking rocked because like these. Six yeah. I heard girls, like six yeah. girls knew they had it and still went to they, the bars. They knew they had positive tests and then there's this bar that, so we have a bunch of bars obviously, but this one bar, it's called the KK. It's like probably the most renowned bar here. And uh, they just, the KK just decided, you know what? Fuck all these social distancing restrictions. Fuck the capacity rules. We're just going to let shit ride. And they just let everybody in. And bars had been open. KK was like the last bar to open up. Bars had been open for like about a month or two. And literally right after this weekend just boom everybody just started testing positive and i was like you fucking assholes you complete and utter assholes i mean there's a very good chance that right now nick you could be broadcasting live with coronavirus yeah we'll see i haven't gotten a call yet which is good because normally they call you pretty early if you do have it um but yeah no but that just goes to show you like literally it could just to be it could literally just be three people or one person that can spread it out to an entire city. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and do our mailbag segment now after a hiatus from last week. Uh, we had a good question coming in. Uh, we got, we got some respondents. We put it up on our Instagram page. Um, what is the most creative way to smuggle booze into a football stadium? So if anyone wants to go ahead and start off, I'd love to hear what you guys had to say. Well, I've seen a lot of different inventions. I saw some friends that like, well, literally, I think I was talking to my friends about this the other day, which is why I put it up on the Instagram. But I have some friends that like, they'll take like some sort of like contraption, like a big like Ziploc bag, pour alcohol down it, cut a little hole through it. Oh, and then just... it's like so i guess so, so actually what they do they cut off the top of a water bottle right so it's just like the nozzle of it they cut a little hole in a big like gallon bag of ziploc they put the half the top of the um the bottle into the corner so you can screw off you have a little nozzle and so like basically you could put like the whole you tape the ziploc bag to your chest and then take the nozzle and like unopen it like squeeze out and then put it back on and then tape it back to you or not tape it back to you but just put the cap back on for me um and it basically like i would say the the most amount of booze like i I just basically would take sometimes during wisconsin games take as many like plastic shooters that i can find without any metal on them Mm -hmm. and um and and put those in my pocket or or uh yeah, but basically just not, nothing metal. And then also the other thing I've done, which I could probably do here, but there's also this other trick where you could take two water bottles. Um, you can cut off you cut off the top to one of them. You keep that. You empty another bottle. Take off the top to that. You boil the little cap part, and then it's full. It's fully like sealed. Then you just yeah. put vodka in the full water in the water bottle that That's hasn't been thing. crushed. And then you put it back on, and boom. Yeah, I've seen that. Call me old-fashioned, but I just prefer the flask in the boot. I think that's a great call. 
yeah, I like they, going to Montana because you just bring it in like no one cares. Like, yeah, like do you guys have metal detectors? No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. They they yes. like they have people want like with the wands, you know, wanding you down, but like a lot of times it's students, so they don't care like at all. Like same. Yeah. Same. They have the wands and they're they do they do go hard with the wands, but uh <laughs> they're, never, they're never gonna get like your foot and you know. Yeah. Now now Gonza, this has gotta be tough for you because no one even goes to the FIU games, so you can't even yeah. really blend in. No, yeah. And the FIU tailgates right now are such horse shit. Um hmm. I mean FIU has tailgating? Oh yeah, dude. Like it, it used to be epic, but then you know, shit's gone down the last couple of years where like you can't even walk in with uh like glass bottles and shit right now to like the tailgates on campus. And if you do walk in, it has to be like below a certain alcohol percent. So it's it's not fun. Okay. But it, it used to be. Um, I'm, when I go to FIU, it's more traditional. You know, I get fucked up. And then I walk in maybe with a flask. Nothing too crazy. The, the I guess the most out of this world shit that I've seen is like when I've gone to like Hard Rock to go to like, a, I forgot if it was a Dolphins game or a Hurricanes game that somebody got. It, we have them down here. They're Publix, but I guess it's like Subway up there where you literally get like a foot long bread. Open it. Oh. Dude, and then they put, like, they fill it up with like two water bottles. They close the sandwich, wrap it back up, and put it in the, in the wrapping, and you walk in like that. They let you take food into the stadium? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have to mention so the West Virginia rep, Jason, he sent in a a picture of him uh, at, I guess, a West Virginia game. I have to give him credit. It was pretty creative. He it was like suicide bomb vest, dude. Yeah, dude. He made like a suicide <laughs> vest out of beers. He just like taped like at least a dozen beers to his chest and like covered it up with a huge trench coat. Like, first of all, I don't know how that doesn't get like flagged in the first place. Like, yeah, obviously, that's what I was just saying. smuggling like, stuff in when he's wearing a trench coat into a football game. <laughs> like, yeah, that must be some West Virginia shit. But like, <laughs> that would definitely get flagged almost immediately. You walk into Camp Randall, and it's just like, like the metal alone would just cause them a storm. I mean, like this is basically, I don't, I never understand why uh, college stadiums don't sell booze there because like they're gonna make so much more money. And also, didn't getting, I see the SEC is gonna start? I don't know what the. I don't know about the whole the whole SEC, but what I do know about like the thing is is that you're get you're you're basically uh, making it so college students have to binge drink beforehand and get as literally as uh, fucked up as they possibly can. And so like when it comes to the safety of the students, like you're actually making it worse because if they just started selling booze and people could drink a little bit more moderately, then like a lot of those problems would be would be solved and yeah be nick so this money. is i i just looked it up it was i was right uh back in um may they the sec lifted their ban on stadium-wide alcohol sales yeah so i think that, i think that's a good call because yeah. it's like it's, a, it's either that or people are literally bringing bottles of vodka in the stadium it's like would you rather people drink beer or vodka i think the only, <laughs> like their argument would be that like college games are at least like somewhat supposed to be i guess a family friendly environment and you don't want like some old like and it's not but you don't want like some 
people like going and getting like too hammered at the stadium and like making an ass out of themselves. Yeah, dude, the student section is so separated from the rest of the stadium. Like, I'll I never like run across like a bunch of kids when I'm like in yeah. a stadium. It's always literally just like, yeah, I don't know, twenty or thirty thousand students in the in the section, and then we keep our area, and then the rest of the people they like know, hey, maybe don't bring your kids out here. Yeah. Where we're literally saying fuck you, eat shit, and dead ass fuck dots on God twenty four seven. So, you know. There's literally so much money to be made with that shit too. Like you could charge fifteen bucks for like a cup of beer. Oh, people, people are gonna pay it. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking Bud Light and. Dude, do you know how like I I get like when I'm watching a game, I just get so, the, the the number one spot I always want to drink is like literally when I'm coming down from that buzz and it's like a close game, third or fourth quarter, like. I would pay twenty dollars for a beer. I swear to fucking god, because like it's not. It would be the only thing keeping me alive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do you think Grant? Do you think Texas Tech will allow alcohol sales? Do you think the Big Twelve will do that soon? Or? Well, I'm glad uh, Texas Tech's actually on the right side of history in this one. We've actually allowed alcohol sales for the past couple of years. Really? Uh, across all sports. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So. uh I'm feeling all sorts pretty here and all here. And you guys are just now getting that. If yeah. at all. Do they, do they charge like, is it really expensive or. I mean, it, it's your standard stadium beer. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you're going to get an upcharge on it, but it's nothing crazy. Nothing you wouldn't expect. I mean, it's like, I think it's like $8 a beer. So that, that's pretty cheap. No. Yeah. I think at hard rock, it's like 12, 15, something Jesus. like that. Yeah. I think no, it was yeah. crazy when I was in um I was in Detroit uh about a year ago uh went to a Pistons game there and they were charging it was like I couldn't like, I thought it was a mistake I thought it was for like a six pack or something they were charging like eight, <laughs> 18 bucks for a beer I was like what, <laughs> it was like, what? well it, I mean a Pistons uh, game too dude yeah, a, right? lot of, a lot a lot of teams have shown that like the Falcons started it right yeah. They showed where if you have actually like fair pricing on all your, you know, the beers and the food there, you're going to end up making more money than you would if you're charging 12, 13, $14. Yeah, like who is going to buy $18 for a beer at a Detroit Pistons? The, the tickets are cheaper than that to a Detroit Pistons game. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to buy that? The same guy that like tapes a suicide vest of like 12 beers to his chest and is like, shit, I'm hammered. I need something to eat right now. And then covers it with yeah. a trench coat. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not about to start an OnlyFans to try to support my bills and shit like that because I got fired. Where did you get fired from? My job. <laughs> oh, no fucking shit. Like, what job did you have? Oh, it was like a sales job. Why did you get and fired? Like, because I wasn't selling. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> what were you supposed to sell? Uh, so it was like getting like renovations done to like the oh, house. Hold, hold on, I gotta I I gotta tell a story about Gonzo. So he sells like the yeah, it's he's, he works for like a construction or a remodeling company, and he sells these renovations. So he sends me the link to this like review on like Home Advisor or something. He's like, "Bro, I need I need you to fill out a review for me that says like I did a good like good job or whatever." And when I get to the thing. 
it's like asking me to like put my address and like how much the, the cost of the work that he did on my house was <laughs> and like like the date that it was and like what they did and then at the end it was like we can like file legal action against you if you like lie about this and they're like you'll be getting a phone call within the next 10 days to confirm that the information you Jesus. put is correct i'm like yeah. Gonzo's trying Alden to put had, me in the clink for a review. Yeah. <laughs> and then after all that, Alden had the balls to be like, bro, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the same thing. What the fuck? <laughs> I you think I ended really... up doing it, but I put like a fake name and fake address and fake phone. So it's probably going to come back on you because I think I put your name in it, Gonzo. No, yeah. I actually, yeah, I put my brother's phone number. Like I made up a fake name and I put my brother's phone number and they called. And like they like they ask follow up questions and I was like, yo, this shit's pretty legit. So that's but probably why you got fired. How long did you work there? Two months. Nice. That's yeah. a good tenure. All right, so yeah, that's probably as good a place as any to go ahead and wrap it. So we'll just we'll wrap the podcast up there. Uh, Grant, thanks for coming on this week. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure to go ahead and uh, give us a follow on Instagram at OldRenosBleeds. Uh, DM us any mailbag questions or topics, stories, whatever you want. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, for listening. Good things. All we need. Good things. Good things. Good things. Tonight we go all night long. We party like Post Malone.